So y'all listen, this is, as you all know, every week, my favorite time of the week where I get to introduce you uh, to a brother that you may know already, uh, but you're going to be introduced to him in a different way. And so some of y'all may have heard his music. Some of you may have seen him on TV. Some of you may watch his show. Uh, some of you might have just heard a school bell ringing and been inspired, but you didn't even know what the school bell was. Um, this is this is this might be my favorite favorite episode so far uh because as y'all know i'm just inviting brothers on to talk like i don't we we don't do no pretense no bullshit here i don't give a shit about your next project your movie i don't care what you got coming out you could talk about that shit if you want to but we men having conversation and black men in particular and black by that i mean diasporic and diasporic in a way that uh my guest my friend um this week's uh, man, Men Thrive Ambassador uh, represents. He is a graduate of Florida A&M University, University. Big up to all uh, the Rattlers out there. He was part of the Marching 100. And if you don't know what that is, you don't even know no music. I don't care what you think you know. You don't know no music if you don't know the Marching 100. Um, this brother is a Chicago native, but deeply sprinkled in with the DNA of Guatemala and Panama. And he is a actor. He is a producer. He is a musician. He is a host. He is a father. He's a soon-to-be husband. He is a brother and a business owner and an entrepreneur. And that's just what he does with part of his time. The other part of the time, he's a servant for his people, giving his gift away uh, in places that people don't even know he is and showing up with a level of brilliance in the places he gets paid. My brother, uh, Marcos Palacios, also known as Cosine. What's up, man? Man, ah, come on, man. Come on, man. You brought me out. You brought me out, Jeff. You brought me out. Like, yeah, but did I lie yeah. about anything, though? You not one. Like not that's one the beauty, bro. That's the beauty. I'm humbled. I'm humbled, bro, and I'm grateful for the fact that we have been on this journey together. And I'm grateful that you have been a model, brother. That even if you didn't, even if we didn't talk the way we talk, I could just look at your walk and your mm. manifestation as, as to who you actually are, and eat and grow. And um, you know, I just I'm grateful to the Creator for um, insulating me with brothers uh, that can help elevate me and grow me, you know, I, but I you've been intentional so about, but you've been intentional about that, bro. Cause you didn't have to do it. Yeah. No, again, I complained so much about pops not being around that. Mm. I know God was like, all right, man, here, man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> here go Kappa, here go your cousins, here go two, you know what I'm saying? Here, man, there you go. And it's just like brothers, you know what I'm saying? Like, what I always wanted, bro, as the only child, you go crazy in in that room by yourself. You go crazy mm -hmm. just being alone with your thoughts, you know, to the point that you have to lean into it. And then it's crazy because during these times, I was like, oh, so this is the only child contest that's going on. <laughs> it is a state in a room, the best contest going on in the world. And guess what? You're not going to outdo that to me because nobody's mama said, 
your ass can't go outside more than my mama. You know what I'm saying? But I got to imagine, man. Hours. Like, I got to imagine, though. They're, they're, so, but, but you know, and I both know, there's different kinds of only kids. So okay. you got only childs that just become weird as fuck. Like, like they, they, they were only kids, but they didn't really know how to be alone with themselves. And so they just right, right, weird right, right, as hell. Right, right. Like, yeah, 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 I yeah, can yeah. imagine young Marcos, like, dude, it was alternative universes going on <laughs> up in your house. <laughs> you was like, you could- I got, I got... I got the James Brown band playing over here and Superman is fighting against the Brown Hornet, nigga. And <laughs> and and the yeah. James Brown band is playing the playing the fight music for the fight against the Brown Hornet and Superman. And while all that's going on, you 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 got your own Heralds. <laughs> you got your own Herald stand. <laughs> Where you behind the grill cooking the chicken. Like, that's what I imagine. That's what I imagine the young Marcos kind of ecosystem only child being. Yeah, I'm, I'm waking up at seven <laughs> and nine years old busy. You know what I'm saying? I got a packed schedule. It's seven in the morning. My mom is asking me to do stuff. And it's a whole, I got a whole agenda of stuff that I got going on in the room. It was sick. It was sick. But, but you know no, but, but, but tell me about that, man. Because, because I think, listen. All of us talk about being uh, products of our environment and, and, and all of us of in course. some way, shape or form actually fight that environment. Because uh, sometimes there's some stuff that from that environment we got to get off of us. But, man, right. you have always been unromantically um, enamored with your mother. Like, I, I've never oh, heard yeah. you talk about yeah, your mom yeah. like she was a deity. I always heard you talk about her like she was just a dope human. And so I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, she was the cheat code, Jeff. She was the cheat code, mm-hmm. like a, a black woman, you know, in my case, Afro-Latina, right? Panamanian, you know, immigrant woman. Um, her love for her only child, her only son. Like, I will put that love up against whatever. What's up? What you got? Because the way she hustled, the way she grinded, the way she nurtured myself, but then the rest of my family. Somebody mm-hmm. else get pregnant in the family, they don't know how to tell their mama, they come to my mama first. Mm-hmm. Let my mama give you that first initial cuss out, that orientation cuss out of what are you out here doing? Now, together, we're going to go to your mama so that she don't chop your head off. Mm-hmm. My mama's going to sit there and just sit in the middle of it. She was the 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 matriarch of the whole family. Now, I need you to be super honest with me though on something, right? Because there's a whole lot of um there's a whole lot of fatherless single mother home brothers in Chicago. And mm-hmm. a whole lot of hard working gonna make it happen no matter what kind of mamas that did that. But I believe and you never told me this, I believe that you literally feel like your mother gave you something that nobody else had. And I'm wondering what was that? Like, what was that it was, thing? It was, it was yeah. the encouragement. It was the encouragement. You know what I mean? Like Chicago is a school where if you go to class, 
you know, and look, and I'm, and I'm going to get more specific. But you mean like Donda the, encouragement? The West Side. You mean like Donda encouragement? No, I mean like self-esteem encouragement. Like, yo, you are a child of the most high. You no, are... but, but, but I want, but, but here's why I, I'm not pushing back. I'm, I'm looking for clarity because mm-hmm. listen, being around Ye and Donda, even for a short amount of time, I was like, oh, I get it. Like, she told this dude everything he thinks is important and everything he does is important. And and his immense amount of confidence came from Donda feeding him encouragement. But what I didn't get out of that was responsibility. Mm. And so, and this is not an indictment against Donda because I didn't know them well enough to know what the details were. What I'm saying right, is... Right. There's a there's a kind of encouragement that comes with, baby, you need to do your shit. You dope. Make this happen. And then there's an encouragement. You're the greatest gift ever given to the world. And yeah, you, yeah, you know what I'm like, saying? So there's a nuance there. Yeah, and so like, like what was that encouragement for you? How, how, how not only how did that encouragement feel, Coast, but how did it work? Yeah, like so. And that's why I have to stress the immigrant side of it, right? Because my people were so humble. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? They're so such humble people. So like the extraness of life and this country used to be like, man, we ain't doing all that. You know what I'm saying? So um, that quality of being humble. You know what I mean? Um, well, and people also, also respond- don't people also don't know, Coast, that. Panamanians had a very interesting relationship with the states anyway. Um, and, and they're, t- and, and, you know, I, I'm sure Puerto Ricans would say the same thing, but, but the Panamanians had a love hate relationship with America that was deep. Um, and, and, and not just because of the relationship with the canal, but the military presence of American soldiers in Panama that made Panamanians feel like visitors in their own country. And so even immigrants that came looking for a better opportunity here in the States was like, yeah, we here cause we about to get this bag and we about to take care of this opportunity, but we ain't trying to be them. And, and, and you had immigrants coming from all over the world, like, oh my God, we want to be them. And Panamanians is like, nah, they ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> we want to yeah, be like, us. We- we, it, 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 Am I wrong with that? I mean, nah, you're not. Nah, you're not, you're not wrong. It, you know what it was? Was it was like the concept of man, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so, the easiest way for me to get a slap in my house was to come home telling my mama what somebody else was doing at their house. Man, well, you know, what's-his-face mama, she let him do, wow, she wouldn't even let me get the sentence out. Get out of here, man. I don't care what anybody's doing in anybody other house. This is what we do, fam. Mm. This is who we are. This is how we get down. I ain't, I'm not responsible for their kids. I'm not responsible. For, I'm responsible for you. I'm getting judged by what I do with you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, the traditions, the Panamanian traditions, the culture events, us hitting the conjunto typico, me having the panabrisa, the hat, the the shakara over my whole joint with the sandals, walking around, dit, 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 dit. <laughs> like I'm sitting there like, mom, what is going on? You know what I'm saying? 
but it's like we're not gonna lose our culture. But go we're not further, lose man. Lose our culture. What, what was that like, though, for real? Like, in 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 a basic day to day, because kids just want to blend in, man. And it's, it's we, Jeff, I, I just me, don't want to be. Me, Coach, me, I don't know if I ever you, told man. you, man. I was, I was, I was, I was the only black kid in a a a, a nursery school class with a British accent. My mother was like, "You lost your accent within two weeks." Like nobody well, you, understood. You was, it. You, was, you was Idris in the. Uh... Listen, I was Idris before Idris. <laughs> I was injured before injuries, and I and I didn't right. have and I didn't have without the wire, so right. <laughs> in real life. So I, you know, in I just life, I, I just you know I just wanted to be uh, like every other. It was already hard enough because I wasn't white, but I just wanted to be the other kid. But but Chicago man, Southside Chicago, bruh, is a unforgiving place culturally. Like like you you, you got to be real clear. And so what was it like? You know, wanting to fit in, but recognizing the power that came from, or did you recognize the yeah, power that came from? I didn't. That's that's the part. Like right now, one of my biggest regrets is that I'm not more fluent in Spanish. You know me. Habla un poquito español, pero toda mi familia habla muy fluente y mi familia antes de todo. Right? Like I do put my family before everything else. But it's like I should be able to really lean on that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as a kid, I was just like, Mom, I'm getting cooked at because I go to school. And as soon as you walk up, it's like, hey, bro, why your mama talk like that? <laughs> hey, fam, why you always smell like onions when you come in here? Like you smell like sardines and onions. What y'all be cooking in there? Is that goat? Like what's going on? You know what I'm saying? And I went home and I, I remember asking my mom, like, yo, mom, say three. She's like, tree. I was like, nah, nah, come on, mom. <laughs> Be for real. Say three. She's like, tree, Marco. I don't I don't understand. One, two, three. What? 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 And I'm like, she, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I figured out it locked in. And so it was such a, I fought it off in the house so hard. Like, mm. mom, I'm trying, you, and my mom was like, look, what I'm telling you is if you can speak Spanish, you will make double the money in life, son. Like, I'm not telling you this just, like just to get on your nerves you know what i'm saying like this is your mom's first language like this is i'm telling you spanish is gonna help you and i used to just be like you don't know what cool is mom and i'm trying to be cool out here and then i got older and it's just like people would look at me like almost like a fake panamanian you know what i'm saying wow. like wait so you don't speak spanish <laughs> and i'm sitting there like man ashamed you know what i mean this is what my mom was trying to protect me from i don't think that people talk a lot about the afro latino experience the way yeah, we talk man. often about the caribbean experience bro uh, it's beautiful yeah it's beautiful jeff it really is i'm so grateful for my family i think about rock bottom 2015 you know right before we met each other and i had to move out of la and move back into my aunt's crib you know what i'm saying and get some arroz con and wake up at two and three o'clock in the morning and talk to my cousin Laka about how they hurt me out here in LA. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, look, man, it was all these R&B singers. It was this, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like my cousin, like, tell me, man, tell me what they do. What did they do to you, baby? What they did, you know what I'm saying? And I was just able to just, you know, take almost a year off to just vent and just get my love cup refilled. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
that was supposed to be a chapter in my life that could have possibly took you know took me out, took me off the chessboard, but my family hmm. wouldn't let me fall. You know what I'm saying? So when I say mi familiantes uh, de todo, that tat that's on my arm, you know what I'm saying? You know, and I have invested in my family because they are my security. Hmm. You know, last year we did a family reunion and it's some of the best money I ever spent. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting this awesome t-shirts. We're going to cater this thing. We out here in the forest. You know what I'm saying? I got everybody last name on the back. They red, white, and blue and Panamanian colors. We're going up. And guess what? All I need you to do is show up. That's mm-hmm. it. Just show up. And, of course, my family comes through that thing 50, 60 deep. You know what I'm saying? We get an Airbnb for the weekend. And my love cup is refilled. And I can come back out here to the West Coast and get in these rooms and shake and bake and do what I got to do because I have love. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the balance that I needed to be able to thrive in the entertainment music business you know you gotta have that off the court love from your people well let's talk about that though man man. because because that that's a what what i'm super interested in because a lot of people man until you were doing um until you were doing sunday service a lot of people didn't even know you played the horn or played horns plural um yeah and so i'm curious man when when did you first fall in love with music and how? Uh, I fell in love with music when I could play what I was hearing on the radio back. When I hmm. could play that one, and it's, and it's melody, so it's only one finger. It's one, it's mono, what, monophobic, mono, it's a monotone. Uh, when I could hear the melody, let's just say it was, you know, uh, uh, um, Hey, what's the R&B song that's on the thing? Uh, mama used to say, bah, 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 bah. right? Mm. So when I could go to the piano and, and play, dun, 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 when I could translate that, the second step was... But wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. So there was a piano in the house. Yeah, we had like a little toy organ in there, and I had and I had multiple keyboards. Yeah, and it's funny because the keyboard used to double as the wrestling walkway for a wrestling match with the Ninja Turtles. You know what I'm saying? So if I wasn't doing a lesson, I'm flipping it over, so I got that flat board, and the Ninja Turtles is walking on that to get to the wrestling ring. But you had one of those mothers um, that said, "I want you to learn how to play the piano." Like that was an intentional because, desire. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit my ass down, Jeff. Like if they call it. What is it? What is it when Attention you got the AP or something yeah. like that or energy? I was in the room tearing the room up, and my mom would kick the door in and say, "Get your piano out and practice your lesson before I kick your head off your shoulders, man." You know what I'm saying? I used to just be like, "Ah, it's sweating." I'm in there sweating. You know what I'm saying? I talk to I'm like, "Ah, she's right. It is time. It is time for me to relax." You know what I'm saying? Like, and. Next thing you know, all of that energy that I had for everything else was in the piano. And so I would look up, and four hours just went by. Mm. Six hours just went by. Like, she had to stop me to get something to drink or have something to eat because now I gave all my attention to this. You know what I'm saying? So um, when I saw how being able to play everybody's favorite song could change the entire room. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm in, I got to have that power. I got to have that X-Men superpower. You know what I'm saying? Like when I, if I, if I, the dating scene, 
the first thing that I'm going to do for that young lady is ask her what's her favorite song and learn how to play the hell out of it on the piano. <laughs> I'm not going to see this lady in person without knowing how to play her favorite song. That comes in orientation. So that, that so there was multiple there were multiple uh uh goals here with uh oh, with, with learning the music that there there was extracurricular oh, activities as well as when, but when did you cuz I I think every all of us that have uh had those parents that that either forced us to learn music you know my my parents told me I had to learn the piano before I could take on another instrument and they put me mm-hmm. in, and I was in Cleveland <clears throat> they put me in the Cleveland Music School settlement I had to take music theory and uh, so that they wanted me to know how to read music and, and to some degree write music. Um, and I started playing the, the alto and, and tenor sax. But like somewhere around the eighth grade, I started mm-hmm. seeing that the dudes that I started playing with in the fourth grade was playing shit I couldn't play. Like, and it was evident. It was like, yo, I don't even know how to make that sound with that see see and and welcome and so, to <laughs> welcome to my fam you experience where i got there and realized i was the weakest link yeah but there's a difference between the weakest school, link and and there's a difference between the weakest link and knowing this just ain't your shit so so i felt the way you felt when i came to baltimore and i first heard jamal bryant preach and i'm like yo i don't i I don't know how to put words together like that. Like I was, yeah, that's another level. I was rocking it on the mic when I was in Toledo. Uh, but when I got right. to Baltimore, I'm like, I don't even know who these young dudes are. I'm talking about something different. I'm talking about, right. okay, you know what? I'm going to put this horn away because, <laughs> because I'm not even sure I possess what's necessary Yo, to make this when sound. I, when did you decide? No, nah, man, this this is my shit. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, though. When I used to try to go to church without my saxophone, my pastor would call me out. Brother Marco, Brother Marco, where's your horn? And, like, I'm trying to shrink in church. Like, ah, I'm just trying to hear from, from him today. I wouldn't even. And so when it's a gift that's on you, man, you ain't got no choice. There's no put away. There is no put away. It is your destiny, you know, to contribute and so forth. And it's crazy because when I can't contribute musically, I kind of feel like I don't really have no purpose. You know what but I'm when, But when did like, you first feel that? Because, Coach, you and I both know that there's a whole lot of cats that have been called to something that they didn't do. And, and there's a lot of reasons why they didn't do it. The, the streets called them. A woman called them, money called them, whatever it was, but they literally decided to do some other stuff. You you clearly you clearly felt something and then chose it, and so I don't it 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 diminishes your choice to say I had to because you didn't have to, and so I'm I'm wondering, do you remember that? Do you remember a time when you chose when you chose to practice instead of go out? Or you chose yeah, that, to be. That, that's fam. That's fam. You. Okay. That is fam. You again. It is that HBCU because you. When you're faced with certain challenges in life, it is like that fork in the road moment. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna quit? Or are you gonna pers- uh, persevere? You know what I'm saying? It's like left or right. And um, I wasn't going out like that. Maybe it was an ego thing there. But it's just like. And look, I tried. 
my mom, yo, mom, I'm the weakest link. I'm about to come back home. And my mom started laughing, like, boy, <laughs> you'll be fine, baby. You know, just practice, just practice hard, baby. You'll be fine. I'm like, damn, you're not going <laughs> to let me come home? No, hang up in my face. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm sitting there in my room just like, shit. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, you know, it's a such thing as practicing until – your lip about to fall off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like until your teeth have made a hole in your lip, mm-hmm. and you kind of taste, you don't a little taste bit nothing of, but read. You see what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I don't. It, it's not basketball where it's you know a, to, a twisted ankle or a torn ACL, but it is a bloody lip. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but when you also see the results of hard work, it is payment that is different than that of what we know in our, our apps on our phone. It's not numbers. It's not, it is a different type of payment. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm not, it's a respect. Mm-hmm. I'm nice at my craft. I'm a craftsman. It's when you start that learning a, what mastery is. And when you get yeah. a taste, when you get a taste of mastery, it changes everything because, changes everything. because then it changes ain't, everything. you talked, you, you and I talked before we came on about um, always making some a competition. And so, you know, I, I got to get this. I got to get this equipment because I can't make this stuff sound like like Tim does or like Pharrell does without this equipment. But mastery is different because mastery is like this is the best I've ever done it, and this <laughs> should feel good. And I want to do it better than this tomorrow, so I got to put this work in because sometimes. Like I was talking about this whole notion of white supremacy and and how like black folks, I don't care whether they were Afro-Latino or Caribbean or West Indian or continental African or whatever. They were told on a regular basis, you got to be twice as good. And I was like, for the first time, maybe a year ago, Coach, I was like, you know how fucked up that is? Because, but check. It's fucked up because you are literally trying to define my brilliance through them. So what happens when twice as good at them, twice as good as them, is me only giving half? Because I'm so dope. That twice as good as them is still only half of my brilliance. And so we got a whole generation of black people that didn't even have a chance to to set the bar based on their own brilliance. It was set based on white folks shit. And Mm -hmm. and so mastery to me is so important because it doesn't ever matter what anybody else is doing. Like it does not like matter. It does the, not matter. The feeling matter, you have yo. is about yo. I couldn't do that two weeks ago, and now I got these. I, this fingering is working, yo. The way that it never has before. It's like I couldn't hit that shot two weeks ago, but now it's fluid coming I mean, off. I got. I got. I got to give you. I got to give you the dunk in the basketball feeling, right? Because my father was in the Olympics for the high jump, 1968 Olympics. Mm-hmm. Oro Palacios Flores, Guatemala. And I'm, I go to St. Joseph High School, Hoop Dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Home of Isaiah Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. Evan Turner. Um, and I can't dunk a basketball. You know what I'm saying? I'm like 5'10". I can't dunk. And it's 
literally probably the only thing that I'm pissed and hate <laughs> about my life as a as a 15 year old. You know what I'm saying? Like everything would be perfect. If I could just dunk on somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think about going to the gym, squatting, doing all everything to that, and then finally in the celebrity game in Chicago. Boom! You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, I, I see homies rip their shirt off in the in the crowd. <laughs> Cats is like, ah! And it's just like, finally, I am a gladiator. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know that I work for it. I know mm. that I work for it. Um, my aunt, my mom's sister, uh, Tia Yvonne, uh, she always said, take pride in your work. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would be something as simple as, like, cleaning up my room. Yo, I'm trying to get outside. So I'm doing whatever, whatever. I'm trying to run out. My aunt grabbed me, walked me back in the room. Look at this room. You know what I'm saying? Just slow, slow it all day. Look at this room. Are you for real? <laughs> Marco, if you wouldn't do something, be good at it, Marco. Take pride in your work. This is not a clean room, Marco. Are you kidding me? It'll take you 20 more minutes to get this all the way clean for real. My 20. Come on. And then you can go and play all day. You can play all day. And I used to be like, shit, man. <laughs> and she's right, though. Yeah. She's right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. bro, tighten up in here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so that's how I've always looked at the, at my work. You know, my whole thing was with music. You you produce a track, you write a song, you play it for somebody, you either get the reaction that you want or you don't get it. So depending on what reaction you get back from playing that song is how you go back to the studio and modify the formula of that song. Because there was life before producing Big Sean ass and life after. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? There was a... But, but, what, was the, that but, but what was the life that d made you decide you wanted to produce? Because, I mean, listen, you, you are, you're a dope-ass horn player. And your, your trajectory to, to music could have been... Yo, I I want to be I want to be Charlie Parker. I want to be I want to be Coltrane. I want to be you know I want to be whoever. I want to be the next. I want to be the next great dope ass horn player. And and regardless of the genre, what what was the the point that you were like, the, okay, I'm I I love music and I'm good at it, but I want to create something larger I, than I what was, I can do with one instrument. Yeah. I was I was nervous. I always was nervous that I was not great enough as a musician, artist, songwriter because of those that have come before me. You know what I'm saying? Like I only study the greats. You know what I'm saying? Those Charlie Parkers, the Duke Ellingtons and so forth. And then when I was settings, you know, I would play sax, but then it was like there, there are a lot of musicians that they, they're legit aliens, yo. They're yeah. aliens. Yeah. So production allowed me a place to somewhat hide a little bit. Because mm. if I play this piano part wrong, it's okay. I can do it 10 times and nobody's here. So when you hear this mm. record for the first time, you don't know that I played this piano part 10 times to get it right. You don't know that I slowed the BPM down to 60 BPM so that I could play it and then sped it back up to 120 and you heard it fast, but you didn't know that in the studio, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? When you talk about the greats, the Prince, the Michael Jackson, Stevie, they pulling up in front of you and they doing that joint on the spot. Yeah, but they, do, but, they do it on, the spot. but they doing it on the spot because they've done it 
10 million times. So it, it goes back to the mastery thing, right? I, I, I'm, I was just curious about, but, but you've answered the question, so I'm not, I'm not debating your answer. I'm just saying that for mm-hmm. you, there was greater comfort in putting 10,000 hours into production versus 10,000 hours into rehearsing. Well, up until 2015. Okay, break that down for me. 2015, I wasn't fulfilled anymore. I had something to mm. say. I had something to say. You know what I'm saying? We give Big Sean this record, Rihanna this record, Nicki Minaj this record, Trap Beckham this record. Everybody get to go around the world and touch people. Everybody get to go and have a conversation about their art. And I can't, I'm in the studio, you know, and it's just like, I got something to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not enough to just be in a room with no windows every day, all day as a secret weapon to the hero. But when did you, you know become that? Because listen, you and I both know that there's a whole lot of people that just don't understand process. And mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's like, yo, Coast did Nicki Minaj, Coast did Big Sean, Coast did Christina Aguilera, Coast did Coast and Interns did this, right? But that ain't what you did out the gate. Like you didn't do Rihanna out the gate. And so how did it happen? Like what, as, as you well, think about, I kind of, I kind of did do it out the gate. Right. Because the first gold record that we ever had was Mims move. If you want to, mm-hmm. and that's a track that I produced the beat. Right. And I wrote and performed the chorus on the song. That's my actual voice on the record. So my initial formula was I do beats and hooks. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with two, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't play the instruments. He's not a musician, but he is very creative. And I think is a dope-ass songwriter. I think two writes great hooks, too. You know what I'm saying? So when we work with artists in the studio, we don't really need you to think of a hook or even record it. We just need you to do the verses. You know what I'm saying? And the song is over. And in the name of Timbaland and Swiss Beats, just do the verses. Intern's going to come with a beat and a hook already done. It's already going to be a hit when we get here to you. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you trying so to tell me. When I, when I got away from that formula of writing tracks and just doing the beats, it shortened and lessened my chances of, of making more placements and having a bigger catalog because I put down some of the heavy lifting Mm-hmm. that was done initially in the creative process, if that makes sense. It does, but but I'm but you still ain't answer my question. And Uh-oh. and that is how did you decide on production and 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 as you talked about wanting to be in a place where you could perfect this experience. Um whether well, that well, was that's what I was saying, production that when when you asked, how did you decide on production? No, I no, 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 I, I, no, no, you, no, you answered that. But but mm-hmm. I'm curious about the process. So you decide to to start working on production. You don't decide to start working on production. And then people just start knocking on your door. And so yeah. <clears throat> how did oh, people so you know, how did know, people know you, you were a producer? How did you how did yeah, you introduce just, yourself um, to the to the industry? And, and when did yeah. it start clicking for people? Yeah, it's a guy by the name of Kevin Shine, man. Shout out Kevin Shine. He had this thing called Writer Sessions. Mm. 
And that was like a little network where songwriters, producers, but it was really focused on the producers, would come up, play three beats in front of the crowd, give out their email address and let them know what they're working on in the city, keep it moving. It's probably like two, three hours. And so I did those first couple of years at FAMU, got that theory. I worked on my musicianship, grew as a saxophone player. But when I came back to Chicago, um, I switched my major from music education to music business with a concentration in production. And so um, Kevin Shine had this writer session and I pulled up and, you know, I wanted to play my music and I let him hear my demos. And he was just like, yo, you got talent. These are some great ideas, but you don't know how to format your records. Your songs aren't formatted. You know what I'm saying? And so that was the first real punch in the ribs of but awesome constructive criticism. You know, I had to really go and listen to radio hits and chart out the song. But that was know, like the that was, was like the, the producer version of music theory. Yeah, like yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, it's there. It, you know, there's form Billboard hits, number ones. You know, and great songs just in general. There's formulas. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That yield different songs. And how well you follow that formula and add your creativity to that and innovate that and elevate that, transcend that, speaks to your individual genius. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you measure it. Um, so when I started switching up and changing up the format, and he was like, all right, cool. One day he was my music, and the other guy was DA. Shout out to DA. That's one of the Tiger producers. He produced Taste. Um, like he went on a nasty run, like multi, multi platinum dude, but we started together in Chicago and, um, the two of us were like the MVPs of the writer sessions. He was like, these mm -hmm. guys have been coming for weeks. When they first started coming, they didn't know how to format their tracks. I pulled them to the side. I told them what they needed to do. And the most important part about them is that they listened. They applied that. So coach, play your, play your music now. <clears throat> Boom. I went up there and shut the whole. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Writer sessions down. Like, they was like, damn, shorty gonna be hard. You know what I'm saying? And then he also is who introduced me to two. You know, he was taking me around the city, introducing me to A&Rs. Two was an A&R at a, a, a label called Conquer Records. Mm -hmm. You know, the artist there named Feeve. Shout out Feeve. Um, and that's how we initially met. You know, just being on that local, you know, Chicago circuit, but Chicago is, the, the, the city is so rich. There's so much talent in Chicago that whether you ever break out and make it on a scene or not, you are cold though. Like I know some producers in Chicago, you may may not have heard of them. They are phenomenal, bro. Like this, these are guys that I learned from, you know what I'm saying? But I, I love that coast. And <clears throat> what I don't, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes hard interviewing people, you know, because you um you forget what other people don't know um and but, but but one of the things i've always found super fascinating about you and two is that you all both were like hungry to be around ogs and so you you talk about what you got out of the writer studio but would there have really would 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 the interns have been what they were without Troy Carter. No way. Troy, and, Troy and Carter just, is and who just, showed us. Yeah. Girl, and like, and, and talk about, talk about that. Cause again, th this is the shit I mean about process. And it's like, yeah, so often man. we have conversations and do interviews with people, but we only talking about peak to peak. We don't talk about, 
them quiet valley moments and the motherfuckers that saw us when didn't nobody else see us. And That's the cast the was like, read this book and do this and let me tweak this for you. And we listened. And mm-hmm. it and it made those valley moments uh, tolerable, number one. But we also mm-hmm. came up out of them valley moments with more strength. And, and I, I'll never forget about the conversation when I first heard y'all talk about Troy and and how he poured into y'all. And so I'm, I'm just curious, especially for those who know mm-hmm. you but don't know that part, um, just, he, just who he Troy was to yeah, Troy invested in us, of course, from you know a business standpoint, but also from a brotherhood standpoint. And and Troy like and y'all, Troy play. Carter. For those of you who don't know, because uh, I forget sometimes, <laughs> was was uh, was Eve's former manager, was Lady Gaga's manager, uh, left the music business in some way, shape, and form, went into tech and VC. I mean, Troy is just a really like crazy nerd like visionary <laughs> cultural yoda uh and <laughs> this dude man if 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 you've ever had a few minutes with him you learn something um so for those of y'all that don't know i just want to give you some context of who troy is not just within the music industry but if you're in tech if you're in vc if you in if you're in culture you know the name troy carter yeah yeah he he invested us from a business standpoint, he invested in us from a brotherhood standpoint. And he also, like yourself, was a living example. You know what I mean? Like, we really don't really go off a of talk like that. Brothers be really watching how other brothers live they like. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so to be an example to your to your younger homies, you may or may not even know that you're doing it. But for, you know, brothers like um, Two and myself, you know, we were hungry to change our life, to break generational curses in our family, like Mm. to be the first millionaires in our family, to be the first, you know, to graduate with a 4.0 or to speak at graduation, like that, that competition, you're going to always hear the competition, you know? And, and that's why, you know, we respect athletes so much because we know about that drive. You know what I mean? Like we really had that drive and that's why we named the company interns as well because we, we realized how important it was to stay humble and be students mm. of the game, students of the craft. You know, mm-hmm. when I first had somebody like a Dave Pensado mix my record for Melanie Fiona, It Kills Me remix, um, I asked questions for the first hour. I just, mm-hmm. I didn't even care about mixing the song. Like, I, this man is a legend. He can't <laughs> mess up the song. Like, the fact that he's mixing my song, <laughs> I get, what is life? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so who cares about the mix, Sylvia Rome? You know what I'm saying? I am here to get all the secrets I can fit in my book bag and go back to my home studio and go crazy, you know? And then that's when I learned that, look, Dave Insato, the great mixer, is a bass player. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, when it comes to musicianship and certain things, like, you cannot skip steps. You, can't, you don't want to skip, skip steps. What you want to do is when it comes down, you have to show your craftsmanship you want to be able to lean on the work that you put in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a such thing as Johnny on the spot in the studio where it's not about coming in the studio and playing a bunch of beats that you already made. We want to see what you come up with right now about this idea that I've been having in my head for the last two years. And you supposed to be co-sign of the interns. This is my grand idea that's in my head. I'm going to sing you what's in my head. Make me a hit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you got to be ready with all your tools, all your software, 
all your music theory knowledge to translate what's in somebody's mind and make it come out of speakers. That's a real X-Man power. Mm-hmm. It's a real X-Man power. And it takes some um, intense listening. It takes intense. One of my favorite features on my phone is the mute button. <laughs> I just hit mute and just let you have it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I hit mute because even if I'm responding or I got something to say, I'm not going to cut you off. I'm not going to disrupt the flow or whatever this energy download that you're giving to me because I have to translate what's in your mind, have it come out of speakers. It's very intense, bro. <laughs> Man, talk to me about this, bro. Um, folks who folks who have been introduced to you in the last three years. Um, mm-hmm. You've had a crazy three years, bro. You You think about Apple Music, having a show with Apple Music, Man Cave, Empire, then going from Empire to to Star, then going from making music for Empire and Star to, you know, somebody thinking it was a good idea for you to be a damn actor. And then you got a you got a re you got a cameo that turns into a reoccurring role on Star. Um and fast forward the music begins to bubble in a different kind of way. Um, you showing up in all these different places and now you got your own show, but don't leave out Biden. Don't leave out Biden. I was getting ready to say, but <laughs> then it goes to another level and the most non desiring to be political nigga in the history of politics or niggadom then Thank gets asked that. to 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 produce this song <laughs> for the damn Biden campaign. And so your run has been crazy. But here's what's interesting. <laughs> if cats understood, I, I want you to tell the Men Thrive audience where you were 30 days before that run started. Hmm. Mm. Man. 30 days before that run started psychologically so is that 2016 bro that was that was that was right before the conversation in miami bro first of all the fact that you said to say hey but tell jeff the truth though like be real as as i was giving you the light kind of bullshit version of my story the mm-hmm. We didn't the we didn't grow up together version. He like, no, 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 no. This is a safe space. This is a brother that you could be one thousand with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Man, I was coming off the lowest moment since I lost my mom. You know what I'm saying? It had been twelve years since I twenty fifteen. It was twelve years after I lost my mom. And in that twelfth year, that was the what I refer to as hitting the bottom of the pool. But break that down, man, cause cause you, ups and downs are relative. So it's like you got you got a princess. And and you you watched her learn to walk and you watch her fall down all the time. But it's a short ass fall. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. short fall don't bring a whole lot of pressure with it. It's a short fall. I fall. They roll over. They laugh. They get up. They look at you to make sure they OK. That's different than falling off a mountain. Right. And that's a different kind of feeling. And so you talked about your lowest point. But for context, it, where were you? 
give some context to where you fallen yeah, from. Yeah, yes, sir. And, yeah, and, and what that was like. Because, cause again, there's I'll, a lot of brothers listening, Coach. There's a lot of brothers listening who literally are like, I just want to figure out how to survive. To, to, I, I just want to move from this survival mentality where I'm just glad I'm alive to walking in the fullness of who the fuck I'm supposed to be. And, and, and enough of us don't tell the honest stories about, about going from here to here, from, from, that, from that high peak point that I worked to get to, to like, whoa, how the hell I get here? Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I, I, I just, I, I want folks to understand because that for me, when I think about this three year run for you, the most profound point is not the three year run. The most profound point is how you were able to remind yourself who you were from a place where you didn't know who the fuck you were. It, it, it was literally a fall from rap song of the year at the Grammys. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it was a fall from breaking the record for YouTube views in a day on a song. You know what I'm saying? The Nicki Minaj Anaconda moment was when I really do my X-Men power work. All right, I got this thing figured out. You know what I'm saying? It's Johnny on the spot. I could go in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Give me a cool concept, and I know what I'm doing. You know? And boom, my bank account ain't right. I have to put my stuff in storage. My family is doing an intervention. Like, yo, you need to come home. And I'm back at my auntie's house in Maywood. And I know that my mom is not proud at this moment. And mm-hmm. I know that I am not living up to what I was like touted to be based on what I was given in my situation. I knew that I was throwing it all away. You know what I'm saying? And the thing about it is, is that things, success, things that we, it, we have this imaginary timetable in our head that we're, mm-hmm. you know, we put ourselves up against these deadlines. Mm-hmm. And I remember when two and two used to just like, he, he was so confused by it. Cause it's just like, man, you don't realize that we're the interns. And for me in my head, I did it. You know what I'm saying? I was, mm-hmm. there was a level of fulfillment that I was chasing and fighting for and, posting every second and just over the top, you know what I'm saying? Like just chasing. And so 2015 allowed me to put things back in perspective, get out of the Mm. bubble of the entertainment world, just get out of that bubble and just check in with my, my family, see that my cousins are going from elementary school to high school, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. My aunts and uncles that are getting older you know, being able to just sit on a couch and have a conversation and catch up with the people that And what did that do for you? It restored me. It's literally, if I'm a cell phone, it was putting myself on a charger. Mm-hmm. I went back to Chicago and charged it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I literally, because they don't care. My family, yep. they don't care about Cosign. Yeah. They don't. You know what I'm saying? They care about Marcos. Like, Marcos... Little, little Marcos, you know what I'm saying? Like him, the one that, you know what I mean, that mm-hmm. that was saying all that, what he was going to do when he got older and everything. Like they worry about him because they know how I actually am for real. They know how passionate I am. They know, you know, they know how my mom was. You well, know what I'm they, saying? And they are the actual fuel that allow Cosign to ever exist. 
my cousin used to call me Puff Marcus. <laughs> what you talking about, little, little Puff Marcus? You know what I'm saying? Because they knew what time it was. This Our little cousin, he's out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, and we are responsible. My mom was like, I'm not going to be here. Y'all responsible for him. You know how he is. Watch over him. You know what I'm saying? Like, call him, check on him, feed him. And because they have taken such good care of me and that people now, you know, being engaged, you know, and, and having grandma and new family and sister and brother-in-law, you know what I'm saying? Like, that is what allows me to, to navigate the game in a way that I didn't have before. When I was living behind my studio and there was no off-the-court action, there was no off-the-court mm-hmm. life, I spent my wheels. Mm-hmm. You know, when I moved out of the city, I had to drive 45 minutes or drive an hour into town, drive an hour so I can get my mind ready to go in and I can decompress when I'm leaving. I can see grandma and listen to grandma talk about how her and the ladies at the church are fans of the show. (laughs) And now once again in my life, I have somebody to disappoint again. You Mm. know, when you just out here as Mm. a cowboy Mm. and you ain't really got to worry about grandma looking. That's good. You kind of, you know what I'm saying? That's good. You're, you're off the leash. That's good. Now, you know, grandma watching, you know, you know, you, there are people counting on you, man. We, you are guy, you know what I'm saying? So, that's There's good. a responsibility, and, and you taught me a lot about accountability. You know what I'm saying? Like, I look at you as an accountability partner, you know, through the years, where it's just like, wait, hold on, Coach. No, nah, I'm not going to slide. You know, Baba, like, you hold me accountable. And I think that that's just grown man stuff right there. That's grown man, yeah. you know what but, I'm saying, responsibility. But something you said, it, it really speaks to where I am right now. And, and mm-hmm. you talked about, you know, we, we got to show up, and, and now – you know, TV is different than music, man. I mean, it's a different, it's a different connecting point and, and a different, different set of chakras um, that engage energy and spirit. And, and, and as you well know, even a different response from the audience mm-hmm. and, and none, be- not one better than the other, but just different. Um, right, right. But you, you know, what's interesting, man, I've been, I've been hearing, uh, and this is going to be too much for some people. I don't give a shit. It's my show. Um, I, I, I've been hearing from the ancestors in a different yes, way sir. and it's like, yes, um, there, there's a, there's an African proverb that says, uh, the el- the, the ancestors never die until you stop speaking their name. But what I realize Let's in go. this moment, Coast, is that America robbed us of their names. So there is a, mm-hmm. there is an entire section of ancestors that I don't know how to call on. Mm-hmm. And I've been mm-hmm. hearing them recently. And they said to me, we don't trust you yet. Oh, wow. And in, and in this last month in particular, I literally feel like I'm, um, I, I literally feel like I'm, uh, what's his name? Um, I literally feel like I'm in the Truman Show. And it's like mm-hmm. every time I wake up, I know they see me. And every time I'm moving, I know they see me. And mm-hmm. and I'm working now to impress ancestors I've never met. Because it's mm-hmm. like we lived for you to be able to have this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you going to do with it? So I don't care about making a network proud or a client proud or 
an investor proud. I, I'm working at this point because there are celestial beings in another realm who, who survived for the only reason that I would be able to live. That mm-hmm. what I do mm-hmm. with this time dictates what the next set of, 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 of the bloodline has the ability to do. And, and it's so profound, man, because often we convince ourselves that nobody's watching because yeah, of where we, we are. forget about that. Well, that's ego, though. That's just ego just jumping in the way, making you think that it's about you and you're the star. To sh- yeah. We're in an assembly line. We're grabbing the baton. They handed you the baton, yeah, Jeff. Your ancestors got as far as they could. That's it. Reach back and say, all right, Jeff, that's now it. when it's your time with this race, I need gonna, you. I need you to we, hand you, it off in a better position than you was when man, you got. Go, it. turn up. You got go crazy. Catch up. You know, move us up. Move us forward. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And some people they don't take that moment serious. They get the baton and you setting us all back, man. You making us lose in a race because you don't. And, and guess what? That shows up in different pockets of our life where we were aware. That's our ignorance. That yeah. was our previous ignorance. Yeah. And it talks about, you know, in, in the good book, you know, the most high, he winked at us then. He winked at you when you were ignorant. But when you knew better, you got to turn from mm-hmm. your old ways, turn from sin and tap in. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. As we awaken, as we get this knowledge, it's like, oh, okay, you literally have to change your everyday practice. You well, know what I'm saying? And, and, that, and, and that, that becomes challenging sometimes, man, because to your point, Sometimes, as men in particular, and that's why I love what you're doing with Kings. Um, uh, and, it, as, yeah, and look, it ain't nothing but just from what you taught me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm literally just trying to apply the principles from the life-changing moment that you that you gave out. And I still don't even understand how you chose your boy off the bench. Oh, uh, no. Nah, but but, but, you, but, that, but that's so, – so for those of you that, that don't know what Coach is talking about um, – we were <clears throat> we were in the process of we were in pre-production for Man Cave, and you know, for those of you who don't know, it took it took almost five years from the first meeting that we had with BT <clears throat> to it actually getting on air, and and some of that is just BT shit, and some of that is just TV entertainment stuff, and and it is what it mm. is. I'll always be thankful to to BT and to to Steve Harvey for for making. Um, my dream of, of man cave become a real show, real production. Mm-hmm. But we were, we were in pre-production and we were literally, um, getting ready to start our casting process. So, um, there were five guys that were in the pilot and, and in the pilot, it was tank. It was, um, John Sally. It was Orlando Jones. It was Laz Alonzo. Um, well, I think that that was it. That was it. Was those four brothers? It was Tank, Laz Alonzo, um, John Sally, and Orlando Jones. That's right. And you know, big up to those brothers, man, because they just came through gratis and was just like, "Yo, no promise of being on the on the series." Just came through, and so we realized we didn't want a cast of cats everybody knew. We Mm. wanted a cast of cats that could come together as a team and create a great show and have a great Mm. conversation. 
And that was hard for people because there was some there was some uh, network execs that was like, yo, we got to have this A-lister. We got to have this A-lister. We got to have this A-lister. And I'm like, yo, you know, one of the one of the points of this show is for cats to be transparent. And it's hard for A-listers to be transparent, not because they bad people. They got a lot to risk. So, so so you don't work that hard to get to that spot and then you like yeah bro i ain't having this conversation about this because i got a movie i gotta do next week uh and these cats gonna cut me from this film if i tell them what i really think so we so we were casting and and we literally we're gonna be in la the next week i'm in miami for the revolt conference i'm sitting with two uh who's the other side of the interns coach's partner and to his coast, like, yo, man, you need to be down here. And coast was done. Coast chilling. I don't feel like doing this right now. I done done the dolly dolly, you know, tap dance, bullshit, talk to people <laughs> shit. And I'm chilling for a minute with my lady. And, and two was like, yo, man, you need to get down here and talk to Jeff. He on some unk shit right now. And Coast, he said, Coast, yo, I'm getting these bars from Jeff. <laughs> he said, yo, you need to be down here by the pool getting these bars from Jeff. I said, I ain't, I, I, I got dressed so fast. Like I put on my Superman costume and just, <laughs> ah, you know what I'm saying? Ran down there, dog. Please and, bless me, dog. No, nah, but, but no, you bless me because Coast came down and we just talked. And, yeah. and, you know, and two gave him the, 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 permission to say no nah, this is some safe shit you could trust jeff you could say whatever and coach went into his story and i'm just like hey man uh and literally like we just talking and i was just like hey you ever um you ever thought about being on tv <laughs> and, and it was that simple like i had never yeah. thought about i never thought about coast for the show i never thought about uh, I'm gonna have this conversation and maybe I can get two to bring him down and he could be I just ne I mean, day one meeting, day one conversation. Yo, I think you would be great for this show. I just created. <laughs> That's crazy. And uh, for, the, for those of you that don't understand casting, it was a lot. It was three days of over 50 guys and putting them in different combinations. And I'm talking about cats you would know. Um, cats from ESPN, cats from the movies, cats from radio, cats from music, cats from TV, um, cats with huge followings. And, you know, there, there's about 15 of us that uh, are making this decision. And I'm the only one in, in, the, in the trenches, so it's me and these combinations of these four or five guys having conversations for three days to see who mixes the best together. And one day a dude is almost it's almost like a like a three round fighting tournament. It's like at one point you up and you the favorite. And then the next day he's like, nah, cut this nigga. He's whack. And and Coach will tell you it's like I mean, Coach, you were you were at a place was like, well, <laughs> like, like, like some Dion Cole shit was like, well, this was a great opportunity, Jeff. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for thanks for including me in the mix. I know I didn't right. get it and I'm out. 
and uh and and it came back around man where the show just didn't make sense without coast and and so i i i I, I tell that story that the lengthy story one because again like we'll never know how close we are to god setting us up for something man and and if we if we because we're tired or because we're afraid we 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 unplug instead of lean in we have no idea what a simple conversation or palm pressing session or it is setting us up for and I, I keep i keep thinking about you saying is a 5 year process so that means that i came in year 4 in like the sixth month oh you know what i'm saying oh yeah of the process oh yeah you know what i mean like oh by the time you came in man we knew we was doing a show i mean it was it was and so like just to think that you know the most i could just position me you've been this is a five year five year baby that i don't even know what it took to even get it from zero to to there Mm -hmm. you know but then for the most high to move me right into that spot you know what i mean uh, to have that moment, I mean, it's just to me, it is. It's an answer to prayer, though. Like that's really what it is. Like I'm looking at the consistency of how my life goes. Like I, mm. I, I know what my prayers are. I know what I'm asking for. I know, you know, what mom and I pray for. What my family. I know what we're praying for. And you know, even in, even in Genesis, man, when you when you get in there and do that reading, you see how there are some people that are there's some angels that are disguised as people mm-hmm. you know what i mean so mm-hmm. as i'm living this life mm-hmm. i pay close attention to the people that come along in my life and it's just like nah bro i know a lot of people you know what i'm saying what you're doing for my life and for my family's life and for my name is different than these people that i interact with sometimes on a you know day-to-day basis week-to-week basis my interaction with you is life changing, life altering. You know what I'm saying? So um, that awareness of when these mm-hmm. people, you know, I, I think when I read the book, The Alchemist, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it switched this, it, it, it hit a switch for me because it was like, all right, let me stop thinking about life from de- from a day to day standpoint and look at it like a long walk. Where, where are you walking to every day? Mm-hmm. Where do you go every day? Mm-hmm. It's a journey now. You know what I'm saying? And so as you look at it like this long walk, you see the characters that come in on your timeline. Now you can look at your life as a timeline. Yeah. What buddy. people came into your life at what at what date and yep. what was the manifestation of that mix? You know what I'm saying? But, like but, but, that, but that piece though, Coast, is is a is an interesting one, man, because when we in the wrong place, we think about that through the lens of them. And what's interesting mm. is we have these moments where we think about where people came into our life and we was like, yo, that person was off. But it was like, nah, I was off. And in fact, I fucked it up. Um, like that relationship was like God had actually intended that relationship to be something else. I wasn't who I was supposed to be. And yep. and, and that's that's critical because I think I've been able, I've been really blessed, man, to watch you grow um, mm. over these last three years, like as a man, like you, you, you've had a crazy three year run, actor, producer, host, artist, 
but I'm most impressed by who I've watched you become as a man. And so I'm curious, yeah, I appreciate that. like, as you, as you look back on mm-hmm. this last three years and like the literal ups and downs of it, and you think about in 2020, you're hosting a show called Kings and, and even redefining and reimagining in your own head, what does it mean to be a king? What are you most proud of as you think about your personal process in 2020? Mm, uh, I'm proud of the peace and the joy. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, if money is not real, right? Uh, I'm getting a call there. If, uh, if money's not real, then what makes you wealthy? You know what I mean? What is it in your life that actually makes you rich? And I think that I overlooked the power of peace and joy Mm. um, because of what it allows me to do when I have that. You know, so again, that goes back to first and foremost family structure. You know, you mentioned my princess earlier. There were so many days, you know, when I would wake up on the wrong side of the bed. And I feel like, you know, the, the, the creator, he knows what we need. He knew I needed a baby girl. Mm. He knew a daughter could help push me over the edge of where I needed to grow from a compassion standpoint. Mm. And he blessed me with that. So my mornings are a celebration now. They weren't before, but when I see baby girl wake up and I know as a parent that I am responsible to making sure that I give her a 10 out of 10, like, I could come and maybe not be all the way on my game with you on a call, but I can't not be all the way on my my daughter. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That is where I have to show up at a 10 out of 10. So the mornings are like, oh, my goodness. You know, son, you, there's light, there's love, there's laughter. Um, and so I'm most proud of the peace and the joy that is inside of my life life. You know, and what I've realized is by making that first, putting that first and putting, the, you know, some intentionality behind being uh, a, a great dad and, and, you know, and, you know, just really putting that effort that I, I make into my work, putting that home, I was able to see what happened at work, um, you know, as what do you even call that when like when it, it just happens like as a result, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, so that's what I'm most proud of and like just very grateful for. It's like it's a byproduct. Did you, you know what I'm did saying? you did you redefine peace and joy? Or did redefine you search for it? Or did you did you search for it differently or did you redefine it? Be- because you 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 imply that you're most proud of the peace and joy, which means that you at the very least have a higher level of peace and joy in your life now. But to get to that place did you have to redefine what peace and joy was to realize, oh, shit, I've got this here. How do I now just live in a space of gratitude? Or did you have to redefine it so that what you were reaching for and building was different? Uh, you know, it, it, it really was. It's really the first one. It's the first one where it's more of an appreciation, you mm-hmm. know, like. There was a time in life when I just had to stop and say, you know what, maybe I don't know nothing. <laughs> and I just really started to try to 
decode the word. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me, that line that says lean not to your own understanding. Mm -hmm, Clearly I'm a, Clearly, I'm an idiot. You know what I'm saying? There was a moment when I, yo, and then I started to say, order my steps. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Then I just started to just get in the book and get in all the crevices that I never read before, for real, being raised in the church. I started to get in those crevices. You know what I'm saying? And as I got in them crevices and began to decode, I was like, oh, my God. It's Mm -hmm. way easier than I think. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you already like there's so there were so many just little minor tweaks I needed to do in my life, just tighten up. You know, one of them was my relationship. Mm. Lock in with your girl, bro. Stop playing with it, dog. Stop playing. Stop teetering. Mm-hmm. Stop. You know what I'm saying? Like not be if you if we talk about ten out of ten greatness, you have to apply that ten out of ten greatness in all areas of your life. You know, so when I think about things that I'm proud of. I invested a lot in my lady and now I'm looking at a Supreme queen version of her after a five year investment. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like she's not the same lady that I was with five years ago. She's mm-hmm. better. You know what I'm saying? Like she's, and she's custom to me specifically. She know how I like my oatmeal. She know how <laughs> I like my clothes wash. She know like she like, she knows everything. You know what I'm saying? She's a helpmate and you know, watching uh, the generation above us, watching men, you know, sometimes fall into that miserable place because they didn't put that energy towards their helpmate and towards their partner. Um, you know, I don't want to be, I didn't want to end up like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that to, I'm, I'm thinking about the coast, the coast 20 years and I got to invest in him. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm curious because I, I I thought that that was that was interesting, man. You talked about how she is these things to you. How because I listen, I, I think there's a lot of brothers. <laughs> shit, man, COVID has made a lot of brothers think about marriage who wasn't thinking about marriage before. And uh, I, I I tell you right now, stop. If it's COVID that's making you do it, you go stop because <laughs> uh, that's not the move. But as you as you. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of brothers that are trying to figure out. It's 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 like it's like the end of it's like the end of every um, hood gang movie, when mm-hmm. the, when the main character is either dying or going to jail, and he's saying to the little homie, "Man, go back and tell him that everything we learned was wrong." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, that, and as a man, you like, yo, man, let me get my shit together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm curious for you, though, like, what did that mean you had to do? Be- because I think that there's this there's this kind of there's this this antiquated kind of men's way of thinking that says help me is a one way street. And so she is sent as my help me. And as a result, she got to know this about me and do this for me and be here mm-hmm. for me. And there is this um, dogmatic kind of interpretation of words sometimes or a expression of antiquated masculinity that doesn't say we're partners. And as a result, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got a responsibility to know yeah, her that's, 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 and yeah, her that's need. The part that gets left, like, that gets left so, out so a lot. That how did that work for you? Lot. 
Um, what it was was, again, always goes back to 2015, right? Because that's what I could hear the best. I had to be mm-hmm. humble because I was humble because I'm not on the charts and I'm not big shit no more. All I could, my ears worked again. You know what I'm saying? And one of my homies who his parents, they've been married, I don't know, 30 years, 40 years. He's like, my dad always said, all summer, that's all he's saying. My dad said, you know, my dad said, my homie Marcus, my dad said. And one of them days he hit me with, because, you know, my dad said, study your woman. You got to study her. And it, look, it's life before and it's life after phrases like that when I get hit with that level of truth. You know what I'm saying? There, I cannot, I, the next day when I wake up, like, I was in the house, and I still do it to this day where she just be looking at me like, where are you looking at, man? Like, say it. I'm not saying shit. I am studying. I got her on mute. You know what I'm saying? You're talking. You can't hear what I got in my mind. But I'm literally analyzing my co. I'm using the cosine formula against my woman, and I'm analyzing. You know, and as you take that time as a man to study a woman, you know what she likes. You know what she wants. You know what I'm saying? You're a step ahead of her. Like, Man, there's, there's, I remember one time my, my lady said this to be about wine because sometimes I just go in the kitchen and pour myself a glass of wine, come sit out in the bed, and she like, you don't don't come in here no more without another glass of wine. Like, you know I want some too. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm just like, dang, you know what I mean? Like, I ain't know if you want, but now I know. You know what I'm saying? Don't come in there without without that other glass. Like, I'm ahead of her, and as you start to practice that in your life. You start to be your bandwidth to do other things are as a, you know, as a man, like I'm able to do 10 things because my lady has me so bossed up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in my bag that all it does is just allow me to, you know, be just expand my bandwidth from, from a operational standpoint. Yep. You know? it, it, what's funny is though that 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 is um, nothing's perpetual, right? Like I, I had a, one of my guys ask me. He said, "You know, Jeff, I'm getting married in the next uh, thirty days, in the next month or two. And uh, what's the one piece of advice you give me?" And I'm like, "That who you're marrying is not who you be married to." And mm-hmm. he's like, "What do you mean by that?" And I'm like, "Yo, like hopefully both of y'all are gonna grow." Um, That's the part. And and but but we do know both of you are going to change and change mm-hmm. doesn't mean growth and so mm-hmm. how are how are you um plugged into her evolution and how are you in transparent enough to allow her to plug into yours and and i say that because i know that there have been times where i was the primary focus of time within mm-hmm. our family by way of support. But I also know there was a shift when she was working on her master's degree and and she was working and she was pregnant where it was like, yo, I wasn't doing meetings after a certain time because I was making sure I was around to help do dinner. Because when she came Mm -hmm. back from her master's, her master's program, why in the hell should she have to be the one that's making meals when she already done went to work and pregnant? And so there's these shifts, right? And sometimes, as men in particular, we get so accustomed to the she hold me down phase of the partnership that it never translates into when is it her moment? And mm-hmm. when do I gotta play a role to ensure that she's able to shine the same way? Cause, cause, 
because I just don't believe a partnership is you perpetually my supporting cast member. Um, mm-hmm. You perpetually mm-hmm. my Robin. You perpetually mm-hmm. my number two. At some point, you shining. And, mm-hmm. and it don't take light off of me. It actually illuminates our whole thing. Yeah. But if if but I don't, know, but, but if how, I don't shift cool, it, how though. cool is it, Jeff? How cool is it, Jeff? When it's your turn to show up for your wife, though, like it depends I, I, on the moment. A, it's well, it's it's cool when I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's cool as my, hell. Then <laughs> look, the, the the thing is, is, is interesting because for me, my lady shows up for me and it helps me with you know my side so much that if there's ever a time that she needs the roles to switch, there's no question. I can't, I can't say anything because I would yeah, literally but, but be sometimes a they don't ask. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes they don't ask. And so the, 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 the challenge with being in a partnership is if our expectation is the only time we shift is when they ask us to, mm-hmm. it's already a problem. Well, that means you're not studying. If you have, you, if, no, but, and, and, and that's true. But but there are times when listen, man, life is long. Like you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I I know mm-hmm. people who have been together ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, and mm-hmm. there be there's years where a cat is a good study, and it's a year is years when dudes ain't. And so yeah. the 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 question is, how do we continue to be excited about learning? Um. Mm. Because sometimes we do things for the result as opposed mm. to doing things for the process. Mm. I love studying my wife at this stage in our relationship because I love knowing who she is in the present moment. Like, mm. so this isn't about me being able to show up for her. And as a result, she happy about me. And as a result, the house got peace. And as a result, I might mm-hmm. get some tonight or if she mm-hmm. loved me today. It mm-hmm. it's like I think she's the dopest person on the planet. And mm. like I literally want to know today what I didn't know about her yesterday. Right. And so sometimes the study is also about why am I studying? And mm. so I think there was a time when I was studying so that I could do what I needed to do so that stuff would be good, so that she would be happy, so mm. that there would be peace. But there's been an evolution for me in that I actually want to know her better than everybody except God. Mm. Mm. And I can't be everything mm. to her. I, I can't. Mm. I, don't, I, don't possess, I don't possess everything to be everything to her. Right. I want to know her better than everybody except God so I can be the best me to her. Um, mm-hmm. That's and, good. And, and sometimes, Coach, it's even about knowing what she needs enough to know who I know that I need to put in her path because this person possesses something I can't give her. Um, right. But right. I see that she needs it, but she may not know that she's in a space to ask for it. And so. You know, right, that's right. that's the that's the that's the space for me, man. Um Sheesh. and that's that's the thing that's that a, makes that's me a, that's excited. A, you know what? That's a good space because I'm I'm about to have uh Revolt walk in here in any second now we're filming something with them. Oh my here man. at eleven. 
So, brother, uh, listen. But that's a heavy bar right there. That you, where I'm putting that in my pocket, man. That's powerful. I I so appreciate this time, man. We we're not gonna make this the last time. I know we're trying to do a uh, a uh, man cave reunion show on Men Thrive, so we're gonna have to man. make that work. But man, listen. Please. Where can people find Kings, man? Because I know Kings is on every single week on Fox Soul. Yeah. Uh, yeah where can they Wednesday. find? It? Yep, every Wednesday uh, you can download the app uh, Fox Soul uh, or you can go to uh, foxsoul.tv. Um, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 o'clock, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's just brothers on there kind of carrying the torch, you know what I'm saying, uh, of what you instilled in me as far as the importance of brothers connecting, communicating, uh, navigating each other's feelings, uh, but in a respectful kingly mm-hmm. way kingly matter you know not a bunch of that bickering and going back and forth but brothers really hearing each other picking each other up sharing some of the gems that have helped us in life um so yeah that's on fox so uh we got new music on the way we got the song kings out right yep. now uh featuring idris elba uh also uh my song everybody <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> going up you know what I mean? And uh, that's available on all streaming platforms. The official uh, music for the Biden-Harris campaign. <laughs> <laughs> so before you oh, before man. you get so, out of here, yeah. man, I got I to gotta say thank you because you are the only man that has been on every episode of Men Thrive. There we go. You, there we go. You know how, right? Oh, wait. Are you about to say the theme song? No, that ain't it. (laughs) No, brother, listen. Hey. When y'all hear that, you got to know that's cosign. Every week on Men Thrive. And so, man, I got to say thank you to you, man. I got to say thank you not just for coming through. I got to say thank you for your friendship and your brotherhood, man. I, I, I almost don't know what life is like without cosign in my life. And you oh, talk a lot, man, bro. about what I've done for you. Um, but I learned more from you on Man Cave. Um, oh, man. Just your willingness to be you, your authenticity, um, your joy, uh, your ability to be excited. In, in a, like you got an ability, brother, to be full on man and kid excited at the same time. <laughs> and 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 there, and there's joy in that man because so many of us have been have beat ourselves into a place where we don't even know how to be excited anymore because yeah, somebody yeah. told us men don't do that and right, and right. so thank you for teaching me that brother thank you for your friendship and I know you're running brother but we're gonna get you back man so I appreciate yes, you sir bro. yes sir anytime bro you already know all right brother it's deeper than rap it's deeper than rap man peace in man admit it love so y'all listen that's my man cosign. Uh, totally and completely appreciate his willingness to come through. Uh, listen, there there were a couple of things that he said that I just am um, overwhelmed by. Um, but one is just the acknowledgement uh, that our families are the source of our greatest strength. Uh, many of us don't get it all the time. Sometimes we say we're doing everything for our family, but we don't plug in. We're earning for our family. 
but we don't seek their guidance. Uh, we're, we're, we're moving and shaking and building and legacy for this family, um, but we don't actually know them because uh, we don't spend time, and when we do, we often aren't present. And so if there's anything that I'm taking from my man Kosa's interview today, it is the opportunity to continue to plug in, to be charged by them, to be refilled by them, but also to pour into them. Uh, because when everything is said and done, when everything is over, when um, nobody's reading our bios anymore, listening to our content or hiring us to do anything or wanting to see us, uh, our family is still there. And they will remember not the money that we made and not the accolades that we receive. They will remember how we made them feel. So thank you to my man, Cosine. Thank you to Mo. Thank you to Madison. Thank you to the entire Men Thrive team. Uh, we appreciate you. Make sure you check out our website, menthrive.com. Check out our blog. Make sure you check out and become a member of our community where you can get our weekly newsletter. Check out our other podcasts because we got a whole series of conversations with brothers uh, that are attempting to share how they are thriving in their own life. Uh, so y'all make sure you love each other. But more than that, make sure you love yourself, y'all. We're going to check you next week. Peace. Yo, thanks for listening to Men Thrive. Did you like us? If you like us, visit your go-to podcast provider and check out other episodes. And also go deeper by joining our community at menthrive.com. 